Welcome to How to Decorate from Ballard Designs, a podcast all about the trials and triumphs of decorating and redecorating your home. Each week, we'll help you unleash your inner decorator. I'm Caroline, and I'm on the marketing team. And I'm Taryn, and I'm a product designer. And I'm Liz. I head up the Ballard creative team. We're your host. Join the expert team at Ballard Designs for tips, tricks, and tales from interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world. Plus, we'll answer a listener question at the end of each show. So don't forget to send them to podcast at ballarddesigns.net. Yes, we love answering them. Now on with the show. Okay, so our guest today is Lorraine Enright. She is an award-winning designer here in Atlanta. She was the lead designer of the 2021 Serenby Showhouse. She also recently won Bath of the Year from Atlanta Homes and Lifestyle. And today we are going to chat about what sets a room apart, a room that maybe a designer did versus a room that, you know, just one of us lay people did. (laughs) You know, I think, I think all of our listeners have flipped through their favorite magazines, maybe see the Ballard catalog or, you know, are following designers on Instagram. And I think, oh, I want to get that. They're not quite at the level maybe where they can hire a designer, but they want to start easing that way and, and figure out how to get the look themselves and maybe stretch their skills a little bit. So maybe just jump in your first kind of broad strokes thoughts on what sets a room apart when a designer has, has designed it. Well, yeah. The first thing that would jumps to mind is just simply resources and, you know, of course, training and scale. So resources wise, a designer has access to so many things. So, and there's just so many different ideas coming to the table, so many styles you've studied and been trained in. So a designer that's been trained has a lot of skills to pull all those different ideas together and make it work together study about balance and harmony, those sorts of things. And I have a lot of clients that are, are, are very good. They have a good eye, and so they do a great job. So scale really becomes the thing that can make the difference. And so any designer and, of course, uh, someone that's not trained can look in a room and see what needs to, what needs to happen, what uh, what you know, we need a large light fixture, but it's the scale sometimes that, that trips people up. And so you have an initial idea of the scale, you have a gut instinct about it. And then from there, what I do is I draw it. And most designers will do that. You're trained to scale it and draw it so that you're absolutely sure that that particular fixture or that element or whatever it is you're doing really fits and is perfect. And when you kind of see it, two-dimensionally as well as three-dimensionally you know if you model it that's really what what tells you that it's a, a perfect fit so going back to to resources i mean you know i have pinterest boards and i'm looking at instagram what kind of resources are you using we have resources from you know just all over the place whether it's uh, galleries, you know, you're always searching for unusual pieces and you have contacts with vintage suppliers and just all, all sorts of avenues in addition to what you would normally find at decorative art centers that the public can get in and take a look at. There's just, you know, pages and pages of catalogs and, and of all the different manufacturer lines. You go to uh, the markets and see all the the new the pieces being put out on the market by the various manufacturers 
So it, there's just a lot of resources that a designer that's just in it all the time has access to, or you're thinking about you just saw that perfect thing or the right color or the right shape. And also, it's just about vibe too. So I think one of the things that I notice between something maybe a, a designer has done and something that someone's done themselves, but it's very good, but it might have the pieces may not be as collected. They may uh, be using things that that they saw have ready access to, whereas that collected look sometimes that you can really get through those unusual finds comes with all those all those sources. So you're not talking about like educational resources. You're talking about actual places to store source product and goods from. Yeah, I think you just have a bigger, a wider net. I think it's a wider net. That's a great way to put it. But also we've, as a designer has been trained, they've studied styles, you know, all the styles and all all those sorts of things. And you just see a lot. And so that's when you really start looking at what kind of vibe is a space going to have. And when I'm working with clients, sometimes they have an idea or they'll show me photographs of, of the vibe that they want or the, or the the style, the character, but really the vibe really um, kind of evolves with who they are. And, and that's part of what I love to do is find out what uh, makes them feel good, makes them feel right, and uh, really kind of fine-tune pieces and elements and colors that really fit their personalities and really start creating a vibe that's kind of unique for them. And so I think some people, some people have a really good feel for those types of things, but they have trouble pulling it all together. So it really clicks. And so if you, when I have a client that's just really good at knowing what they like and what makes them feel good, then it's a process of helping them pull it all together and really make it fit and introduce things that complement and, and don't compete with maybe those special things that they've collected or, you know, that certain colors they know that they love. Well, how do you start with a client that doesn't know where they want to go, where they want to start? That's a great question uh, because not everybody does know exactly. He fires them. (laughs) (laughs) You're done. Get out of here. (laughs) That's right. That is a, it becomes a discovery process, which I think is really fun. And we have a great time doing that. And so we'll start with photographs a lot of times, photographs of different styles, depending on if it's an entire house. We do both the architectural and the interior design. So we have the kind of advantage of being able to shape spaces so that they really all kind of fit the flow and the the vibe of what they want, get the natural light in, all those things that make you feel really good. Um, But we'll start with photographs. We'll go look at things. Um, I can find out so much just in an hour or two, you know, out shopping or looking at houses, uh, other houses with clients um, and suddenly can start picking out those things that really speak to them. And then you'll say, you know, that really seems to appeal to you. Or what if we do this or that? And that's when, you know, most people are like, wow, yeah, I hadn't really thought of putting it in those terms. I love my friend's house, but I, it doesn't feel like me. So how do I make it feel like me? Um, and so it just becomes a big discovery process and it's, it's soulful and it's, it's fun. And really the clients that want to be adventurous about it, we have a great time. Uh, finding our our path to what's really going to 
work right for them. So are you walking spaces? Are you walking other houses, other like physical spaces with your clients? A lot of times we do. And certainly it's easy to go to showrooms. Uh, That's a great place to start. Uh, If a client wants to go to one of the markets with us, we just had one at the Merchandise Mart, High Point, you know, all Mm -hmm. those places. You can certainly do some of that. But going to galleries, I might take them to homes that we've done and finished so they can look at and just get a feel for for those different kind of nuances that we can think about and add. And Mm -hmm. as well as they'll take photographs of friends' homes, pull things out of magazines. You don't per se walk uh, friends' homes and say, this is what I hate about my friends' home. <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's not a good space, that's probably. Not a, that's yeah. not you do that when they're out of town. Right. <laughs> I'll know right. if you take my key, Liz, what's happening. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> exactly. We have to do that secretly later. But, you know, people, people generally have at least a starting point of, I really like this. Or the pull things, they'll have their Pinterest boards, all of those things come into play. I would love to chat a little bit more about scale, which you touched on earlier. I kind of, I liked, you know, you're talking about going through houses with, with your clients. Is that a good way that if someone's not working with a designer, they could help them help train their eye around scale? I mean, because I think that you said scale is the most difficult thing. It can be. How yeah. does one practice? How does one train their eye to see that scale? What are the things that people could do to, you know, to learn? Understanding spatial relationship is really, really tough. Right, right. And some people find that easier to do than others, of course. But certainly starting with uh, just exposing yourself, going out and visiting, and it doesn't have to be just a home. It can be restaurants and go to hotels and you know, visit friends' homes that have recently done things and just be be observant and try to analyze, you know, why does this, what do I love about this space? Is it the, the light fixture? Is it the drapery? Is it the, how the pieces come together? Is it the fact that it's collected feeling? And just try to analyze that. And then the other thing, you know, I tell people is that, and I have clients that do this where they will, will get graph paper and they'll kind of sketch things out or they'll lay their plan out and and look at things. And so I think that's a great way to experiment it because it is something you can learn how to do. You get either get graph paper or you go get an architectural scale from the store. You can get them at art, art supply stores and then you can measure the height of your space and the walls and lay it out and, and take a look at sizes of things. And it does teach you, a lot and you can start to eyeball a little bit a little bit more as you do it more Mm -hmm. because I was thinking maybe it's just a great kind of exercise for people if they are wanting to to start decorating their own home like I love I used to love I haven't done this in a while but like go on a tour of homes you know like I think a lot of neighborhoods especially historic ones have them Mm -hmm. or yes um, like Atlanta homes and lifestyle does like a kitchen yes does like a kitchen tour of homes so you can go see like 10 different kitchens all in a day and they've all been professionally designed. Right. And you can kind of walk through and like see, okay, here's one, like this house is a little bit more in scale with what my kitchen size is or my living room size is. Have you walked around with right. a measuring tape when you've done those? Just wondering. <laughs> but no, of course not. I, but, um, 
but I, I more so mean like but the you could. feel of it. Like yeah. you can yeah. walk into a yeah. room and be like, "This, oh, okay, I, mm-hmm. I can see the spatial relationship between the furniture and the space, and you can compare it to what your what right. your space size is. Right. Like, don't try to do that in a if you're in a little like twenties bungalow. Don't try to do that in like a two story you know living room of like your friend who lives out in the suburbs, if you're in the city, you know what I'm saying? Like try to find homes in relative size to your home and try right. to it, practice. It de- definitely does. And I think you brought up show houses, I mean, and home tours. I mean, those are fantastic places to just frequent and just get used to looking at all the, the different elements and the sizes of the spaces. And then a lot of times, designers will be at those that did those spaces and you can ask them questions. And certainly when I've done them, I I have all sorts of people just thinking about, you know, I love this, you know, element. I love this table, but I'm not sure if it'll fit in my space. And, you know, just talk, talk to the designers and they'll give you some feedback. And, And it's really just piecing all that together. And don't be, you know, and don't be afraid of, you know, expressing yourself. I tell people all the time, you know, trends are great. I love them. We all look at them. We all get excited about them, but be authentic to you. And if it's a different color scheme than what's in vogue, or if it's, um, you know, a style you think is out, you can mix it with things that are more updated or, or, or more current. And then suddenly it becomes a really authentic personal look that you have that is unique to you. I love that idea of talking to the designers at the show house, because as a designer, you invest so much into creating that space personally. And then you have your time that you're spending there and you're just hanging out all day. You're just waiting to talk about your space, like talk to the designers. Absolutely. Don't be afraid to ask questions because like you said, you put a lot of energy into it and and it means a lot to a designer for, for, for someone to respond emotionally to what they've done. And so, and it gives us feedback too about what's working, what strikes a chord. Um, for me, it's a lot about what speaks to your heart. So, you know, people are, you know, I want people to have that, especially, you know, especially clients and show houses is a different, it's a different animal because it's for the public. You want them to have that emotional feeling that, wow, I could, I could live here. This is, this is right. This feels good to me. And so, and so that feedback really gives that to you. Um, and, and you can learn a lot from it as well and, and find out what the sources are. Where, where's that rug from? Is it something I can get access to? Um, a lot of the things you'll, you can find uh, online that maybe you didn't know about uh, might be through a different source it might cost a little bit more than than what a designer can purchase it at but or you can find similar things so okay so we talked about scale a good bit what about like details you think that designers um pay attention to maybe that the average homeowner doesn't when they're decorating their rooms (laughs) i think i can help with this one if not (laughs) (laughs) There's so many details in the house that designers just, yeah, I hand it to you. There are a lot of details. And I tell my clients, as you know, it's the last 5% that really makes a room sing. I mean, 
So you can get all the pieces right, all the scale right, but that accessorizing, that last piece and the little details is, is really what makes it kind of hit another level. But details can in the furniture can be anything from a combination of textures. I mean, I love to work with textures because they, again, they have an emotional kind of quality to them. You pull in textures from outside and natural colors and all those things. People have a really strong reaction and, and they, they feel good to them. So we'll combine a lot of textures. Sometimes we'll do custom pieces that, for the tables. Uh, end tables, even lamps that just are a little bit different, that bring in a personality feature that you might not, you know, see everywhere. Certainly trims. Drapery, for me, I like to keep drapery pretty simple, definitely to the floor. That's one of those rules of thumb. You always want to run your drapery to the floor. And if you have a, an animal and you're worried about that, maybe just do something a little different than, than drapery panels. Um, but, you know, for that, I like to keep it s simple and not maybe some simple trims, but, but overall let the strength of the fabric be what catches your eye. Um, the details in the rug, certainly when you're doing upholstering, the welting, there's so many little details and so many little finishes different finish combinations you can do that really give things that little twist that make them a little different and it looks like you know something that that somebody else doesn't have so okay you said that five percent is what, what what's the five percent you have to tell us in detail what that means what the five percent is okay so part of that five percent is the artwork and how it gets framed. So beyond just what selected is, how does it get framed? How, how is it hung? Um, artwork's one of those things that for me personally, I always, I sketch it out and draw it. I don't, you know, we'll have, sometimes you have pieces that someone has collected. So you have certain sizes that you have to deal with. And then it's about how to combine it with things to make it look right. Is it, is it a grouping or is it, enough to stand on its own uh, so how all that gets arranged is really key as to something being just right and just being a little bit off or a little bit out of proportion the accessorizing is so big and when we do photo shoots um, it you have to learn how to accessorize at a whole nother level because uh, every little thing and where it's placed can make a difference now when you're living you're going to move things around and and um, it's not always going to look set like that, of course. Um, but those little elements, those textures, you know, adding in, it's what I call layers. It's just the layers. So you have your main furniture pieces. You have however you've layered the color and the textures of the carpet, the drapery, the furniture pieces. But then those last layers are really the art, the accessories, are there fresh flowers, are there, um, you know, those type of arrangements that really set the space off or little collected elements that really make it feel personal. Those are the things that really pull it all together. So do you feel like, what, what are people doing wrong in that 5%? Do they not have enough accessories? Do they have too many accessories? Mm, that's a good they just not placed properly? It's, it goes back to that scale and proportion. So with artwork, uh, it's all about scale and proportion. And 
knowing what your focal point's going to be and having it let having that be the right proportion and if you have a piece that maybe is a little bit too small or but you really want to use it you might frame it a little larger or mat it a little larger or combine it so it's um it's those type of things that sometimes aren't quite um, ideal to give you all the balance and harmony in the composition because really when you're creating a whole space uh, it's all about a composition and having there be balance and harmony uh, whether it's symmetrical or asymmetrical it all becomes together as one composition so when one little thing is off it's like a, a note going wrong in the symphony that you can tell and that's when you have to just fine-tune a little bit it's like practicing the the melody in the symphony it's just getting it just so that it's smooth and that it flows okay i have a question about it, this loops back to the five percent like those finishing touches right? right so you've got your room plan everything's to scale you're feeling good about the furniture how do you know where to put a little vignette of a collection or should you, you know, should you have more than one little sets of collections around the room? Um, so first, I think the first rule that it's one of those, you know, you know the rules and then you can break them when you need to. So one of the rules that most designers like to consider is things in odd numbers. So things in odd numbers tend to work really well. So if you have three vases of different sizes, those work together better than just two if they're different you get that third one in there and suddenly it feels like a cluster instead of two things that aren't similar so but then when you know how to break the rules with proportion you can make two things work or two light fixtures those sorts of things but starting with odd numbers if you're clustering things is always a good um, always a good place to start and what i like to do is is really look at asymmetry so if you have an end table that you're setting something, setting a bowl or a, a vase or whatever element on it, you might look at the opposite side, caddy corner, and then balance something over on that side onto another table. Um, sometimes that'll tell you that you need that, um, that extra element on the floor, on the coffee table. So it's just kind of placing things around in an asymmetrical fashion so it doesn't feel stiff it feels more collected but you you're balancing you're constantly balancing the, the composition and of course you know we all live living in these spaces you're not going to want to do that every day but you have your things out and when you know you're having people over you kind of know where to set it and straighten it up and and you're ready to roll how often are you switching things around in a room so say I've got my my little vignette of a lamp and two vases and some smaller collected items. How how often should you switch that around? That's a great question. I think it depends on um, some of that's personality. If somebody wants to switch it around, um, I'm constantly repurposing. Like I have something I love, but it you know it rotates uh, from room to room, place to place, depending on what's going on. Or if you decide to reupholster one piece, suddenly you're kind of re-shushing everything and taking some some artwork or some pieces you had in a different area and, and, and re-combining them. 
Um, and if you if there are things you love uh, and you're kind of always um, purchasing things in a kind of in the vein of, 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 of those kind of styles and things that are just collectible, um, you can kind of move things around. But, you know, for other people, they, they leave it the same way for a long time. They're kind of clean. They're cleaning and they might move a few things around, but they're really happy with that arrangement. And they don't, it's not something they want to think about. You just, you can just leave it there. They'll just dust As it is. and put it back versus like dust it and rearrange it. Exactly. Dust yeah. it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, everybody knows who here is a rearranger and who is a, um, who is a, let's, I'm happy with it. I'll, I'll leave it that way. D designers are always rearranging. <laughs> you can't help Sometimes yourself. I think though, once you find something that's just right, it's like, why touch it? Why mess yeah. with something that works? Exactly. You know? Well, especially if I paid a designer, I'd be like, this is where they said was best. We are not moving it. <laughs> That's right. right. This is perfect. I have I have vignettes like that. It's just, you know, it might just be a little vignette with a little piece of art and a certain kind of vessel and, and a little, you know, candle, crystal or something. And it, and it just works. You like it together. It just makes you feel good. And you like it in that certain spot, you know, when you turn a corner in your home. You're, you like seeing that certain thing by the window or by the chair you like to sit in. And so that a lot of those things are just, uh, they just become part of the fabric of who you are and, and, your, and your day, which is really, I think, what, where you want to end up is having a home where everything feels like it's right to you and it's, and it's all about you enjoying being there. Sorry, I keep going back to scale, but I was just curious if there's any time where you should like, intentionally disregard scale like i'm thinking if you have like a smaller room and you intentionally sort of scale up to make it feel larger or like you use less items but bigger items like when do you when do you do that if ever yeah i think you can you can do that all the time i just uh the the bath award we were talking about i mean we did a very large chandelier in that space over the tub and it, it it's large for the height of that space but we wanted that statement and then we worked hard at not letting anything around it compete with it everything else was like the supporting actors and so I think that's that's a big part of when you want to exaggerate a form or a shape or a scale you want to make sure you're not competing with it. You want to you want to know who your star is and and build around it and not have too many things that are fighting each other. So, in those kind of cases, but also in a very tall space, I've done very tall narrow spaces, and you're like, okay, this is without doing anything, this could be a, an awkward or uncomfortable space because it's so tall and narrow. So let's just play into that and let it be dramatic. And so you really work on the verticality. You have long drapery panels and you have light fixture that is kind of skinny, but comes down and, and long and fills up the space. And you really play with those elements to enhance it so that it's comfortable. You're bringing it to human scale, You're getting, making it at a comfortable scale, even though the space may be taller or in some cases shorter than you want them to be you can play with that and um and make it feel comfortable um okay you 
this sort of made me think that you, you were talking about um, a chandelier. But I, okay, here's something that I think that people that sets a room apart for designers versus amateurs. I feel like most people who aren't working with a designer don't create enough drama. Right. And drama doesn't, the drama, and this is going to sound like really backwards, but I feel like drama doesn't always have to be really loud. Like sometimes it is right. Like that, um, bath you're talking about, it's this, you know, sort of like Lotus shaped chandelier over a bathtub and it's very overscaled, but like the color and the finish right. is, you know, kind of a cream with like a gold underside, but the rest of the bathroom is cream. So Yes, the scale is very dramatic, but then the the color kind of flows. Mm-hmm. But I often feel like people don't like go for it in a couple different places in the room, and that's what makes it to where there's there's no focal point, there's no drama, there's no purpose kind of. There's right. nowhere for your eye to go. Right. I don't know. What do you think about that? No. <laughs> I think you're exactly right. Um you pinpointed that really well. Um you want that you want the star you want to know any exciting space whether it's subtle or dramatic um has has its centerpiece has its stars and sometimes it's one sometimes it's a couple things that balance with each other and you know it's important to play those up and and i think when someone is not doesn't do it designer does it all the time so you you know you're you get to see so many different things. So you kind of know what's going to work or you have a good, I- you have a good idea. And so it's kind of, I can see how it's a little scary when you're not sure and you've got this budget and you're, I've got to hit it right. So I'm going to go a little safer. I think that's probably what a lot of people do when they're doing it on their own is they'll go a little safer. Just well, not because. everybody wants drama. Yeah. But, yeah. but in your room, you do. You know, like in your personal well, life, you don't. Yeah. But, you know, right. in your room, right. you do. <laughs> right, 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 right. You don't, want, you don't want flashing lights and all that kind of thing. <laughs> Sometimes you do. Yeah, unless you're in my teenager's room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, de- it depend, depends on what room it is. Is that not cool? I used to do restaurants. I used oh. to do restaurants and bars. So I know all about about Then you drama. do know flashing lights. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. But I, yeah, I think that sometimes it's it, you get timid, and certainly I have a lot of clients want to start off playing it a little safer, and then you mm-hmm. just kind of explore, you know. Yeah. Well, what if we did this? What if we just put a gold undertone just to give it a little, and then you show them things and uh, get them comfortable. So you're not necessarily doing something that's just going to be crazy or be too dramatic. But it's those little things that give it yeah. the drama and the excitement and the pop. You know, it's just like giving a little pop so that you um, you can tell what the accent is and it and it holds its own in the space. And then when you when all those things work in harmony, it's you know like that that symphony again. Then it just feels good, and you don't necessarily have to pick it apart. But mm-hmm. th- when you analyze each individual note, those are all those little details like the the tone and the finish and changing up the finish, creating a little contrast, all those things kind of add up to, to what flows, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Like 
You want to buy classic pieces that are going to last. You want to invest your dollars smartly. It it's almost just like okay, take eighty like spend eighty percent of your budget on like smart choices, but then like leave that little twenty percent to like do something overscaled or right like, drama. create that drama. <laughs> right. Yeah, drama. because yeah, maybe that you know I definitely feel like there are things that I purchased over the years where I felt like it was a risk but then still like 10 years later I still love it yeah because sometimes so I guess what I'm saying is like maybe you you might go into the purchase thinking okay this is my one dramatic piece maybe it doesn't last forever but it's gonna create my drama but then maybe it ends up really working and like right you fall in love with it and it really does last long, longer than you think it will when you love it I mean that, that takes us back to the trends because if you're buying just because that's what's in vogue, sometimes you're not going to love it for a long time. And if you get some things that just really speak to you, you know, um, it, and there's any number of reasons why a certain piece will speak to someone, whether it's just was part of their childhood or they, you know, some people have opposite reactions. They grew up in a really traditional home and they just love really clean lines. And that's just really soothing to them. So it's just whatever really speaks to you can work for a long time. And certainly if you're a little nervous, if you're going out on an edge uh, uh, with a shape, you know, maybe you go a little softer in the color, a little more neutral. Um, and, you know, honestly, for me, I mean, I love to use color and we do that a lot for clients. But for me, I like I go with neutrals because I love so many colors that. I like to change out art and accessories to get my colors. So certainly if you're going a little bit more neutral, it's going to have a timeless quality to it that you can hang on to it and mix it with other things um, and just hang on to the things you love. I I inherited a lot of furniture uh, from my grandmother. And of course, I've mixed some of those things with modern things. And so on those pieces, I'll tend to go neutral just because that makes everything come together. Um, it can be any shape and styles, and if you go in all neutrals, it all works together. And then, of course, and then you decide where you want to be bold and put some color, and that takes a little bit more commitment. <laughs> okay, so then that leads to my question about where to put the drama. Like, so yeah. how do we how do we know where we should be putting the drama? Like, if we walk into a room like what vibe should we be getting is it where our eye travels first like walking into a bedroom should all the drama be on the bed or should it be in the lighting fixture or you know some other some other piece where do we how do we know where to put it uh, my question is always start with what you want to be the focus so typically in a bedroom the the all the the linens and the the actual headboard that's the focus I've did a project recently where the client had a piece of art that was her focus and that was what she wanted to build around it was a a gift and you know it was very very personal to her beautiful you know bright blue color blues and whites in it so we built around that piece of uh, that piece of art and created a headboard that gave it a foundation but didn't compete with it so 
So it was a, it's a beautiful headboard expression, but it's not of itself the star. It doesn't have a big shape to it. It was like a long linear headboard. And so the piece of art was the star. So I think it starts with asking yourself, what's most important to you about that room? Um, you know, for the, for the family room, what's the most important thing? Is it about the coziness and the comfort of being there? Are you, is it social? Are you going to, you know, you really plan on entertaining a lot or if it's just going to be your family and you want to be very comfortable and arranged so that you can all easily talk and talk and be together and watch TV and all those things. So I think first is finding out what your goal is. What's your goal for the space? And then the vibe kind of comes with that. If it's a really social vibe and it's playful, then then the pieces and the art and accessories really, really work with that vibe of it being playful versus more um, of a showcase space that you're, you know, entertaining and you want it to look just right, but it's not, not as set up to be as social or it's more of a statement, um, statement pieces, those sorts of things. So I think it starts with asking what's your goal for that space. Uh, and then you take in all the factors of what the space itself looks like. You know, again, when we're, when we're uh, doing projects that, we're creating the actual shell architecturally and the interior. We're able to say, okay, in this vibe we want, it's, it needs to be sunny and it needs to be bright. So we're going to have these windows and we're going to have these shapes. But if you don't have that, if you have a set space, uh, you have to look at whatever challenges are in the space. Is it too tall? Is it, uh, is it, is it not wide, not large enough? Or maybe it's very large, but the ceiling's lower. And how do you, start compensating for some of those challenges with it in addition to what your goal is. So if you got a, if you have a short space that's very long but you want it to feel very cozy, you've got to start working with elements that help it feel a little bit less wide and start bringing bringing the scale more to center you in the space so it feels very cozy. And I love that idea of of taking a wider space and making bringing it all in and and making it cozy would you start with a rug and like create like define spaces by doing that or how would you how do you start to to define those kind of spaces in a in a room that might be oversized so certainly a a rug can do that and then i also like to bring the color to the center so whether it's a neutral space that doesn't have a lot of color, but you bring in darker neutrals um, or it's color, you're using color, um, you're centering that in the center of the space to bring your eye towards the middle. Uh, and then you're looking for ways to treat the edges. You don't want to ignore the edges. You want them to feel like little destinations, but maybe that's not where you're absolutely um, putting your focus on, but you're kind of giving attention to those edges, but bringing uh, your, your focus to the middle, depending on the layout and, and what, what type of space it is, what you're trying to accomplish. But bringing your eye towards the middle to where you're going to be sitting or lounging, or if it's your bedroom, sleeping, you want to bring that focus. There might be details on the ceiling. If you have a, a fireplace in that space, bringing that attention there with 
special special pieces and, and color and light. Light we use light to create space because you really can and, and and light can solve a lot of issues in, in a room that's awkwardly sized by if it's too short, you can light up and make it feel taller. You can spotlight corners and then put light in the middle so that it feels full and it brings your attention in that helps create that you know that intimacy that you're looking for I have a specific scale question just because I find that there was a era of time where they made living rooms and or your entries double story and then it became this well how do I decorate it and you've talked a lot to scale and it feels like especially in a like living room setting where you more than likely have a TV, you're more than likely hanging out with your family. Now you just have this double story, you know, you have these tall walls that have hard to add character to without molding your whole house sort of feel. How are you handling the objects in those locations? We have a project that we're working on right now that has one of those tall foyers. And what we're, we're doing is we have up on the, there's an upper hall. So we've put layered some large paintings on the upper hall and then we're gonna light those because when you you know do that and you cast light on them, you create a layer that gives some depth to the space. So it doesn't just feel like this big tall space, you're starting to create layers. And then we've got some sculpture, sculptural elements that we're, just dispersing on on the walls. We're not trying to hang paintings everywhere. We're doing kind of these sculptures and arranging it so it's playful, but then we're grounding it with these large paintings and offset, a very long chandelier that um, kind of spirals down. And there's so many out there to choose from now. You can you can find them at all price points. Um, and then we're just layering some color, you know, your vistas. When you walk into one of those spaces, if you can see into other spaces and you kind of layer the, the secondary spaces with color, it pulls your eye in, into those spaces from that big space. And that helps create, a, it kind of grounds and gives a foundation. And it just helps create a, more, a little bit more of an intimate feeling, even though you're in this really tall space. And then you want a couple of pieces of furniture that just knock your socks off, whether it's, you know, a console or the lamps or a, a gorgeous bench or whatever you have room for in that space, uh, depending on its size. But, if, you know, again, you're just you're creating layers of composition. But in this particular case, the star is the chandelier. So it's it centers you, it's, it comes down and creates warmth and it gives you the scale so it doesn't feel so tall. And then we're layering in all these other aspects that are playful, but they don't compete with that, with that center fixture. And sometimes you add drape, can add long right. drapery panels when there's an opportunity for that. And don't worry about the fact that maybe it's just a, a transom window. Go ahead mm-hmm. and run them to the floor. Okay. Um, those kind of things really add, they just help bring the scale down to your size and just add some warmth and so it doesn't feel like such a cavernous space. And also something not a lot of people talk about, 
but sound is really important uh, in, in materials that absorb sound. Because when you walk in a big space like that, and if it's kind of echoey, it doesn't it doesn't feel good. You're you're really feels uh, kind like of a in a hurry. Yeah. Right. And you just feel like, okay, this is the space I need to get through to get to the other spaces. But if you add um, materials that will absorb the sound to kind of buffer that, then suddenly it gives it a whole, no- a whole nother vibe that really feels welcoming. And I think that's what you want when you walk in your front door is just to feel like we've arrived. We're not in a hurry to get through this space. Wow, that's nice. But let me get through here. You, it's like, wow, okay. I like this. We're here. And um, so sound is sometimes an overlooked component, but it's, I I think, very important. Okay. So you mentioned art um, for like those double height uh, foyers, which I think makes a lot of sense because you're able to, especially if it's up high, like see it from multiple levels because you're kind of up and down in the space. But what about those living rooms that are double height? Because if you're down on the ground, you're never going to be able to like, I mean, can you do a painting up way high? Is it weird because you're never going to be like, I level with it. What about a mirror? Then you're just reflecting like the ceiling or like something strange. So what, I don't know. Yeah. I I feel like the double height living room is much trickier. It is tricky. Um, because you really do have to, you have to conquer a lot of issues with that. So it feels comfortable to sit there and, you know, enjoy the space. You know, it depends on the situation. If you have a lot of, if you're fortunate enough to have a lot of windows, so you're getting light in, um, you could certainly drapery panels, um, dramatic drapery panels, whether it's a color or a, or a neutral or a pattern, that can do a lot to bring the scale down and warm it up. And that helps with sound as well. Um, and it'll also bring your eyes away from the big empty wall that's just two stories yes. high, right? That's right. That's right. And I think wallpapers are great. There's so many to, to choose from uh, of all price ranges. So uh, if you don't have a lot of windows, but you have this really tall space, you can start using wallpapers and those type of patterns to give it some interest, to give it some punch. Um, and all of those things help bring the scale down and make it feel more personal. You know, again, lighting is, you know, that fixture that's hanging there is so important. And depending on the space, maybe it's multiple fixtures in a cluster. Uh, maybe it's just one large one, but the, the lighting is always key. And and certainly in your furniture grouping, having low light, you know, we. It, we, we've always gone by the rule that you need a couple of different types of light. You need your ambient light. And hopefully, if you're lucky, you have some natural light as part of that. Um, you need some decorative accenting light that really kind of catches your eye and adds that playful element. But you also need light right beside you. It's task lighting, and you can do that with lamps. You can do that with down lights. So I think having that low light wherever you're sitting is really important for any large space so that when you're sitting there, you don't feel lost in the space. It feels, you know, um, comfortable and cozy wherever you are. And, and you can create that feeling in a very large space as well as, you know, a small space. If you, if you're planning on placing your light and your, your elements in the right places. 
Well, we don't have a decorating dilemma today because we have gone through all of our decorating dilemmas. So <laughs> I, you guys need our, we you need guys our listeners. We solved it. Questions? No, we need our listeners to send us some more questions. They don't have to be super elaborate like some of our d- dilemmas are. It could be something short like. Um, can we uh, throwing it out there? Can we take it but, from? Uh, maybe we could like source the three of us because I have a solid question right now, but it doesn't relate yeah. at all. Oh, go for <laughs> okay. it! Go for it! All right, take over the dilemma. Our, here's our yes. dilemma today is from someone that's writing in from Atlanta called T Schwartz. Yes, she did not give us her first name. I'll give you. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I'll give you my like. Uh, it's from a Karen Schwartz. My question is: I have just finished a new build and I have a few bedrooms that are in need of window covers pretty soon. I like blinds. I don't mind blinds, but they also are all windows on the front side that faces the road. What material, what do you, what's your like go to? I know that I do like a layered look in general. I would like to do some drapery as well on the outside, but I really Mm -hmm. need, um, some are for kids too, because kids aren't going to follow the beautiful drapery closing. So I just want some blinds so I don't have to worry about it right. and or um, shades. What do you recommend? What are you loving? So f- for kids, you have to, of course, be careful with Roman shades, which are, you know, just in general, beautiful, kind of favorite but, treat, yeah. favorite <laughs> treat. We can't, you can't do that. So roller shades are okay. a great way to go. And why do you like roller shades? Roller shade, you, because you can use fabric, uh, fabrics where you can do a custom roller shade and really use any fabric that you can find that you love. Mm-hmm. You can trim, you can trim them and do little details. Um, you know, they, they work well functionally and they can look really good and add, add the, that in extra interest at the windows. You know, shutters are a great solution as well. Mm-hmm. Outside shutters or indoor shutters? Indoor shutters. Okay. And and so that's a great solution. And they they, uh, give great privacy and they're easy to shut and close, you know, close and and deal with. So that's that's a great option, too. You know, those are are probably my two go-tos if you can't do Romans and if you're not doing draperies. Okay. It'd be roller, roller shades and shutters. Okay, I have a secondary Lar- question. Large, large slats. Large slats, no mm-hmm. small. Yeah. I know, why no is sense. it that the small ones are the gross ones? The small <laughs> slats, why? Oh, I disagree. I hate the large <laughs> slat ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah? But you know what I'm talking about, the ones we all grew up with that are like... Right. That's why we. That's why we go. That's why we go. It's because we grew up with them. That makes but sense. They can. They can add some charm. You know, depends on the, mm-hmm. the space. But I love the large ones because you, when you open them up, you get so much light in through them, and you okay. get that linear line. They they can become an architectural feature if you if you want mm-hmm. that. If you want that look. Yeah. Now, the second part of my question is because it's all the front side of my house. You've you've driven past many house talking about what are your neighbors doing or friends doing. And you can tell that every room has a different from the outside. You can see every window has a different treatment and it starts to yeah. almost make the outside of your house look clunky. How do you yeah. avoid that? That is a great question. A large percentage of our projects we're doing 
a combination of drapery panels with some type of shade that doesn't really hang down much. So if you really want to be cognizant of that, you go with roller shades that really will tuck up under your trim. So roller shades are the best because they just disappear. Is that kind of they what you're saying? They, so they disappear. They don't exist unless you need them to exist. Right. Okay. Exactly. And if you're going to do Roman shades, which I love, mm-hmm. you want to have the backs of them feel similar from, you know, from the Right. Outside. That's the other thing. Yeah. So, you can tell everyone has different style Roman shades. Right. And then you're like, oh, that right. inside looks fantastic. But outside you're like, what's going on? Okay. Right. So you need to have the backs of it look similar. So it's a similar okay. style, but maybe you change the fabric on the the front and the inside so it looks different and of course if you do shutters that you get that really clean look from the outside it all looks Mm -hmm. the same cohesive so why not like a woven blind or something woven blinds are gorgeous it's sometimes if you don't do it everywhere you have that problem where okay the window the windows look different but i do i love woven shades they add a great texture because taryn why don't you just get find one woven shade that can go in almost every room. Well, that that's and then do that across be. all of them, yeah. and then later you do the drapery, and the drapery like coordinates more to the bedroom, whatever bedroom. Right, you're right. About. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I was just you know I honestly wanted to know what was the right way. I guess is the because it is there's so many, and then I was like, well, I want it to look the same on the outside. But to your point, is it woven? Right. Is it right. the roller shade? Is it? And I mean, I love a I do love a Roman shade for sure, but I was in question of the children's rooms and then doing those across those all being different fabric. So you've given some great tips and tricks there that are just a subject I hadn't really thought about too much. You know, we all want the light and we all think of the drama of drapery, but the actual realistic part of my naked son in the front window of the house and the neighbors don't want to see that <laughs> is like just the truth of the matter and I'm like right. okay I need to make sure nobody can see his bum when he gets out of the tub so like, what are we doing yeah well the, you know something that you can also do with Roman shades or anything is motorize them I mean it's mm, there's a mm-hmm. price there's a price tag to that but then you know you don't have to worry about the cords and all those sorts of things that's true and okay you can control it so if he's just tip. stepped out of the tub he can just hit your button and <laughs> he's still you young so it's kind of cute yeah. but like not gonna be cute so. <laughs> <laughs> so so you would want you would want the the remote control so that you could control when he's older when that goes down and <laughs> yeah covers the windows the control <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's something yeah. that's not everybody mm-hmm. thinks about motorized but any of the installers if you're using mm-hmm. a, a company to install can can create those motorized draperies for you well this just goes back to our main topic then just leveling up a designer you know <laughs> knows best i love it <laughs> no that really helped i just think it helped you yeah. like I yeah. wanted to talk about that cohesive look too. So thank you. Absolutely. I will good. tell Karen this this tidbit. She'll be happy. <laughs> T-shorts from Atlanta. <laughs> I love it. Any more from T-shorts? <laughs> oh, don't go down that rabbit hole. She keeps writing in. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we can't be here all day. We don't day. have that t-shirt. Yes. That is the funny part. I keep I keep getting one off questions. And to your yeah. point, we're at the, yeah. you know, we're at the end of the project. And so it's right. the part where you've given up. And so I am when right. it case, my husband was like, we need, you know, like window coverings immediately. And I was like, 
I am not okay with that question right now. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot make a good decision. (laughs) I mean, you know, even for a designer, there are certain decisions that have this domino effect that, (laughs) okay, well, if I do that, I got to do that and that, and then it gets you back to square one. Well, I'll wait a little bit longer or, you know, whatever. Yeah, my husband was like, hang up drinking. And I was like, what? Right. I'm not just hanging loosey-goosey drapery. You want me to put holes in the wall? I don't even know what hardware I want to put it up with. Uh, he didn't. I mean, I was like, no, no. You don't even understand what you're saying. <laughs> domino effect. It's a, it's, yeah. it's a whole can of worms. Mm-hmm. It's a domino effect. But well, thank you. Lorraine, thank you so yes, much for chatting so with much. us and joining yeah, us today. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's great to be here with you guys. If you could tell everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all that good stuff. You can find me on Instagram at Intuitive Dwellings. Uh, that's our handle. And then our website, intuitivedwellings.com. We have a link tree on our Instagram that'll take you to articles about us and I'm sure we'll have this podcast posted there and, you know, all the information about us. And I've got a book coming out soon that uh, I'll be excited to share with everyone. So That's just exciting. Have that, exciting. have yeah. that on the radar. Ooh. We are accessible. We're here in Atlanta. We also uh, have presence in Serenby, but we work all over. Love to, to connect with people that are just really looking for ways to find to create environments that speak to their heart so that's what that's what we're all about and that's our show you can find all of the show notes on our blog howtodecorate.com slash podcast to send in a decorating dilemma email your questions to podcast at ballarddesigns.net so we can help you with your space and of course be sure to follow us on social media at ballard designs don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode and please leave us a review we'd love to hear your feedback until next time Happy Happy decorating. decorating!